Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Ian, some uh, sad news today in uh, the football world as uh, news of the passing of Marty Schottenheimer came across the, uh, I guess it was, I got it across Twitter there, but... um, that's a that's a big one for Broncos country. Marty Schottenheimer is someone who has figured uh, pretty large in Broncos history as a foil for John Elway uh, and the Denver Broncos for almost, most of, if not all, of John Elway's career. Uh, really a, a very good coach, somebody who won, I think it's over 200 wins in the NFL, uh, and and someone who's who's really did. Uh, who did make a pretty positive impact on every team that he went to. I think he was a winner everywhere he coached. Uh, maybe it, it didn't culminate in Super Bowl wins, which is, uh, I guess, the way of the world in the NFL, but it did. Uh, he, he is a member of teams that were a part of NFL history, for better or worse, and uh, this is a, a sad day and a, a sad loss for the NFL community. When you think about it, the best moments in Broncos history, some of them, came against Marty Schottenheimer coach teams. There was the drive, there was the fumble, both of which uh, Schottenheimer was the head coach of the Browns. Uh, one of the greatest games that we often talk about on this podcast is the Broncos Chiefs Monday night game 
even though it didn't turn out the way it was. He was the head coach of that Chiefs team. He, I, I saw an interesting stat where Bruce Arians was an assistant coach on Marty Schottenheimer's staff in Kansas City. And he is the fourth assistant coach on that staff to win a Super Bowl as a head coach. So it, while he may not have won a Super Bowl as a head coach, his influence on the NFL is huge. I mean, Marty Ball is a reference that gets thrown around, and it's because of him. It's old-school smash-mouth football. That is what Marty Ball was about. And it's unfortunate that he isn't going to get into the Hall of Fame while he's still alive because I think he is a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's one of the best coaches that the NFL has seen, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's necessarily his fault. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. He's in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl as a quarterback. He's in the Hall of Fame. So the other thing that it highlights is how vile Alzheimer's is and how, along with cancer, I'm hopeful that we can get to a point where both of those diseases can get eradicated because as someone who lost his uncle to cancer and um, football fans, Broncos country knows we lost Pat Bolin due to Alzheimer's. Annabelle Bolin is battling it. And now we've lost Marty Schottenheimer. And um, I think I speak for both of us that we give a tip of the cap to, to Marty Schottenheimer and, our, our thoughts and, and prayers for those who are religious are, are with Marty Schottenheimer and his family. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, another game that sort of sort of popped into my head, the, the divisional, uh, divisional round matchup where the Broncos went into Kansas City on that sort of wild card run that they made where they won uh, on the road every step of the way to get to the Super Bowl for John Elway's first Super Bowl. Again, there was Marty Schottenheimer with a very good Kansas City Chiefs team that could have gone on. I, th I think if they had gotten past the Broncos, they might have been able to get past the Steelers themselves and go on to the Super Bowl. So, uh, again, it is um, one of those, uh, like you said, it's one of those situations where winning a Super Bowl isn't the end-all and be-all of a great career in the NFL. And if, if you look past that, you really do see that Marty Schottenheimer was, was a, an excellent coach uh, and had a, a huge impact on the NFL and the way it's been played for years and years. So, uh, And you're right, the – just the 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 awfulness that is Alzheimer's in particular, ca uh, cancer as well. I mean, these kinds of diseases. You know, in this modern world, hopefully we can kind of wrap our minds around getting those things, like you said, eradicated and, and be able to 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 not have to deal with them. At, and the end of life in particular is is just rough. So, uh, moving on, I guess we, you know, like you said, mile high salute there to Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, and uh, thoughts and prayers with his family and, and the people in Kansas City for that and Cleveland and, and San Diego and all of those places where he was a big a big figure for them. Uh, I guess we'll turn our attention on, on that note without a very good segue, sorry, uh, to the Super Bowl because we just watched uh, a Super Bowl that – well, let me, you know what, I will say this. I, I've, I've spoken to several people. As, as you know, I don't live uh, in – in Colorado anymore. I live in the Chicagoland area, people who don't really care one way or the other about either team. And uh, to, to, to my knowledge, I don't know anybody that thought that that was a good football game. Nobody, nobody walked away from that and was like, wow, that was fun to watch, uh, which is, is interesting because 
we've had, I think we've had a pretty good run of good Super Bowls where at least the Super Bowl was good for the last few years. That's at least that's my, my memory of it. Well, uh, the, the worst Super Bowl in history was the Rams and the Patriots. And that was just a couple of years ago. That well, Super Bowl I, was the worst ever. I blocked that one out. That's what I do. Like, I just take bad things and block them out, and then you don't have to worry about it. And then not only was the Super Bowl horrible, the halftime show was horrible because that was Maroon 5 and where Adam Levine just randomly takes his shirt off. That whole Super Bowl was horrible. You know, I was disappointed. I, I was actually... Like, I like the weekend. I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. I like the weekend. I did not enjoy the halftime show. You're right. It was it was bad. The whole walking through the thing with the camera, and I felt like I was going to vomit at some point. Just terrible. I actually didn't mind the halftime show. I I, I just think the weekend is like a a B version of uh, Bruno Mars. Um, oh, that's that's harsh. So I. I, I I mean, just figure it, just go with the original, right? I mean, well, they just had Bruno Mars I'm, I'm was just there guy. once, right? Bruno Mars was already there once, and so you got to do somebody else. And... I, I did, I did like the Super, I, I did like the halftime show, and I, I actually disagree with the people who said that they didn't like that Super Bowl. I loved every freaking second of that Super Bowl because I hate the Chiefs. F U K C. At yeah. least the Broncos scored ten points in their blowouts. There you go. There you go. So I guess, I guess we have that to hang our hats on. You know. Uh, we actually, you and I, as we were talking about this, we, we walked away from that Super Bowl with what I think is, is pretty different perspectives. And I, I think it's interesting as Bronco fans, right? Because that's what we are. There really, to me, there was really only one reaction that I could have had. And maybe it's the, the negative side of me, but I, I remember sitting there and I'm going to bring up one of those amazing, uh, incomplete passes that, Patrick Mahomes had and it's the horizontal throw right he's flying through the air like Superman and he throws it what was it 20 yards down the field and it hits the receiver in the face mask which is just like I'm just picturing it in my head and it makes me chuckle and my thought wasn't oh good it was incomplete my thought was oh crap we've got to face that for 10 to 15 more years that was to me that Super Bowl while yes it was Tom Brady's you know, seventh and blah, I don't whatever, who cares? That showed me that Patrick Mahomes is, is the scariest quarterback in the NFL today. And I'm not going to, to equate him to one player or another or anything like he, to me, he is just the scariest quarterback in the NFL. He was running for his life the entire game and made some incredible throws that his guys just dropped. And, if if you're a Bronco fan and you're not worried about the next 10 to 15 years of Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the football, you're not paying attention because that's what that that's what that football game showed me more than anything else is that well not more than anything else but it, but one of the most important things it showed me was that he's going to be just it's you've said it before it's John Elway to the Chiefs for the next 10 to 15 years only it's in reverse and we got to deal with Patrick Mahomes. And I took the immediacy of it. Like I haven't been that happy after a football game since Super Bowl 50 because all the crap that happened in 2020 happened because the chiefs won the Super Bowl. It was their fault. I agree. And the universe corrected itself kind because of. I, I mean, I, I have not been that happy two days later. I feel the same way. I am giddy. It just, 
the, the Chiefs choking. And let's not forget, if it wasn't for the 49ers, and Scotty pointed this out on Twitter, if the 49ers don't choke away that Super Bowl last year, they don't win that game either. So I, in the immediacy of it, I am on cloud cloud nine because I hate the Chiefs that much. And the Broncos still remain the only team in the division to win back-to-back Super Bowls. They still trail the Broncos and the Raiders in Super Bowls with three. The Chiefs have two. And even better, as I tweeted, the two times the Buccaneers have won the Super Bowl, they've blown out the Chiefs and the Raiders. You hate to see it. Yeah, you know, actually, I didn't even think about that. That's right. The Raiders, they blew them out as well. And, uh, and that's the last time the Raiders were relevant. It is. And that's we're getting on to, what, 20 years ago now, practically, with that. So, you know, a couple of decades of irrelevancy for Raiders fans, that's got to be uh, a real bummer for them. Uh, you know, and I, I get the immediacy of it. And I, I was also ecstatic, still am ecstatic, uh, more than happy to to see the Chiefs lose a game. Uh, nothing makes you happier, right? You, you, it's a, a fan base I'm not a fan of. They've got players on that team that I hate with a passion. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm more than happy. But, again, I just go back to watching some of the things that that kid did on the football field. And, and you just shake your head and go, that's just – athletically it feels impossible some of the things he was doing and I again I feel like I feel like a Chiefs fan in the 80s watching John Elway do stuff and going oh no we got to deal with this for the next 15 years the thing that the other thing that stands out and I I noticed this watching the game and thinking back to the last time the Broncos played the Chiefs where they held them to 22 points without Von Miller and without a top cornerback for all the, the praise that Todd Bowles gets, and he should get a lot with the way that he altered that defense and they shut down that offense, there is now a blueprint, so to speak, out there on how to stop this offense. And it may have come from Vic Fangio. That highlights two things, and we'll get into this. The reason the Broncos didn't win that game the last time they played the Chiefs isn't because of the defense. It's because of the inept offense and not having a competent quarterback. The other thing that it highlighted is, oh my God, that's what it's like to watch middle linebackers who can cover tight ends. That's not a thing we've seen in Broncos country ever. <laughs> Maybe since Al Wilson. Maybe Al Wilson. Maybe. Maybe. I, you know what? I don't even remember Al Wilson being great in coverage. I just, I, I know you didn't mess with Smoke Dog. That's just the way it was. That guy was incredible. So, uh, yeah, that that right there is is something that stands out. I think it's st- anytime you see a team shut down a, a high powered tight end like that, it makes us as fans of the Denver Broncos think, God, I wish we I wish we could have that. That's kind of cool because it is kind of cool to be able to shut them down. And it looks like, and I, I think this is fair, it looks like if you can shut down Travis Kelsey, he's really the security blanket for Patrick Mahomes. He's the guy who. Uh, is always in the right spot. If you think think about Mahomes rolling out all of those rollouts and you see it all the time and you recognize that play where he rolls to his right and he just he's getting closer and closer to that to that end line where he's going to go out of bounds. And then what does he do just before he goes out of bounds? He whips it, you know, 10 15 yards upfield and who's there? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's always in the right place. In this Super Bowl, who was also always there? 
somebody from the Bucks, a middle linebacker, Davis in particular is the guy who so is it, is it not Davis? What's the guy I'm thinking of? Yeah, Davis, right? He's standing there with him, knocking the ball down. What do you mean Devin White? Yep, Devin White. Sorry, Dave. I'm thinking, thinking of Todd Davis for some reason. They're terrible. Those aren't the same. Super Those... Bowl 50 on your mind. Thank you. Well, why wouldn't it be? Remember how great it was? It was so fun. I just was rolling down memory lane there in my brain. But, yeah, I, I, Devin White is I, – I did see somebody tweet. I don't remember who it was, I, or I saw it. Is Devin White the best linebacker in the NFL now? It's like, eh, let's not let's not go too crazy. But what he did to Travis Kelsey and what he did to that offense – Todd Bowles had him in the right spot all the time. And that was a play that we've seen hundreds of times. Mahomes rolls to the right. Everything kind of breaks down. He's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. Boom, there's his receiver, and it's usually Kelsey. They knew where he was going to be. They knew how to stop it. I think that was excellent implementation of a game plan by Todd Bowles, as you said. And then the players got to play, and they did. And And they did it to perfection. And it's it's limiting the big plays because Kelsey still got his catches. He's still got his yards, but they didn't give up the big plays, which is what that offense does to kill defenses. Tyree Kill didn't get over the top of the, of the secondary. Mikel Hardman didn't get over the top of the, of the secondary. They limited and did not give up big plays. And I think that's the way that you have to attack this offense. What's going to be interesting is how Andy Reid counters now. Can Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy alter their offense now that this playbook is out there? And that's going to be very interesting. And what is intriguing to me is I'd love to have Todd Bowles answer this, whether or not he looked at what Vic Fangio did the last time the Broncos played Kansas City. And what George Payton and Vic Fangio now do in terms of free agency and may and potentially the draft. And do they finally get a middle linebacker who can shut down the middle of the field? Micah Parsons. You have I, I think you have a guy in Alexander Johnson who I think is only going to get better, but he needs that partner. Josie Jewell is not the guy. He 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 was all right, but not on the level that this defense, if you get Vic Fangio, a middle linebacker like he had in Chicago, the guy that you absolutely pounded the table for, get a guy like that, he's had it in his defense, that could potentially be a game changer. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and I think there is a guy in this draft, Micah Parsons, who could fit that bill. Uh, I don't know if he falls to nine. I think that, um, you know, he could go pretty early in the draft, depending on what other teams are doing. And I, I don't, I don't have any inclination that tells me whether or not the Broncos would be willing to trade up to get him or, or what they're going to do. I don't have any of that information at this time. I, I, I will I'm, say there's a lot of, there's some off the field problems and, and, and things in his background and, and character issues out there about Micah Parsons that could potentially drop him even below the top 10. So that's something to keep an eye on too. Sure. That that will be when teams meet up with him and they get the chance to talk with him. I'm sure that's going to be discussed um, in terms of the people who know him. I'm sure there are going to be questions asked to them about that. So uh, I do think it's important that we throw that out there. Just no, so- I agree. 
even you know, with all that is out there. Just talent wise, he he's a guy who I would love to see on the Broncos. Although I and I will say this, one of the things that the Broncos have done in the draft, and we're not this isn't a draft show, but one of the things that they have done in the draft in recent years is they've focused on team captains. They've focused on character guys. And I I, I see that as a positive. If you look at the players that they've brought in, they've been good players that have ended up be, you know, sort of rounding out into solid, solid talent level players. And I believe the Denver Broncos have enough talent to be competitive in the NFL, to be competitive in the AFC West. There are a few key pieces missing, and I middle linebacker is one of them that when you look at what they are able to do on defense, that would be a place where they could definitely show some improvement. And again, just talent wise, looking at who's available, Micah Parsons is a name that stands out as somebody who you'd be, you'd be, uh, you know, sort of remiss to uh, ignore if that was a need that you had. Now, knowing what we know about the Denver Broncos and, and what they've done in the draft in the past, that's not necessarily going to be a target of theirs. That being said, John Elway isn't the one making these picks, and so it will be interesting to see what George Payton, George Payton does here. I, I, I guess I don't really know. I also wanted to bring up another thing that that Super Bowl taught us. You know, I always like, so what did we learn? Right? I always say that to, to my students when they make a mistake. Oh, what did we learn? So what did we learn? I think what we learned is the importance of the quarterback. Just as sort of like a here, let me hit you over the face with it one more time kind of thing. Tom Brady went to a team that had a lot of talent but was not even in the playoffs a year ago. Turned them into a playoff team, a Super Bowl contending team. They win the Super Bowl because, yes, they had a few additions, right? You can talk about, oh, they brought in Gronk, and they did, you know, whatever. Fine. You want to talk about all those things, that's great. They brought in a, a, a they, brought, they brought in a Hall of Fame quarterback. And that is something that here in Broncos country, as fans, we are, have been dealing with this ever since the departure of Peyton Manning. It is a continued process to try and find a quarterback. It's not an exact science. I don't think that anybody is... Uh, in anybody who tells you, well, just doing this is going to fix everything, uh, they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. But, and this is where you get the big but, it is, it's imperative that you have a quarterback that can win you football games. Whether you believe in QB wins or not, the truth is, if you don't have a good quarterback, the likelihood of you winning enough football games to be a playoff team is pretty darn low. You don't see it happen very often. We were talking about the greatest defenses in the history of the NFL before we started recording. And, you know, we brought up the 85 Bears. We brought up the 03 Bucks and the 2000 Ravens, which I probably said backwards again, or 2001 Ravens. We brought up the 2015 Broncos because, of course, we would. Those are the best defenses, in my opinion, in the history of the NFL, uh, That at least in the Super Bowl era. And... What, what can I tell you? I can tell you the 86 Bears statistically were better than the 85 Bears. Like, way better. But they didn't have a very good quarterback. No offense. You know, Jim McMahon, you know, nice guy. Hilarious. Wonderful dude. Not a great quarterback. Not a great, not a great quarterback. None of those teams. Remember Rob Johnson? Isn't it, was it Rob Johnson? He was the Bucks quarterback when they won the Super Bowl. I think it was Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, exactly. Thank you for proving my point. Nobody knows and nobody cares. Trent Dilfer was the Ravens quarterback. I'm just saying, uh, uh, an old and busted Peyton Manning was dragged across the finish line 
by the 2015 Denver Broncos. That no-fly zone, Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, that, that's what won them the Super Bowl. But guess what they didn't do the next year? Make the playoffs. I will say this. The Broncos don't win that Super Bowl. Peyton Manning's not the quarterback. I agree. If Brock, if Brock, Osweiler, if Brock Osweiler is the quarterback, they probably don't even beat the Chargers. I agree. I don't disagree with you. I, I definitely think that there was some mile-high magic going on, Peyton F. and Manning, all of that, right? There's there's a, there's a an aspect of that that's absolutely true. There's Who's now a Hall of Famer. Absolutely, Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning, who we should talk – we'll talk about that as well. But you you can have a great defense and, and win a Super Bowl. It happens. But rarely does it happen twice in a row. Those defenses get broken up. The you know Players go to different places. You, you know, guys retire. Those kinds of things change. And a defense is going to, even if it gets better, still need offenses to score points. Quarterbacks do that. That's what makes the quarterback so important. That's why it's a quarterback's league. That's why the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And you can get around having a bad defense far easier than you can get around having a bad offense. The one thing that's happened since we talked about Deshaun Watson last week on the last podcast, the Raiders have been rumored to be in on Deshaun Watson. Nope. Don't like that. So if there wasn't a sense of urgency to potentially get Deshaun Watson before that, there better be now. Because you want to have Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and then Justin Herbert in the same division the only way I want that to happen is if Deshaun Watson is wearing a Broncos uniform. Yeah, you just I mean, that whole scenario is just awful sounding. If if it's and then Drew Locke or Carson Wentz, that's not gonna happen. Don't don't do that. Don't do that to us. We don't need that. Well, it, since I'm in the sports betting industry, I was I was updating the the odds table that I had for my Deshaun Watson story from a couple of weeks ago. And sportsbetting.com, by the way, which is a regulated and, and legal sports book in Colorado, still has the Broncos as the third favorite to get Deshaun Watson. It's now plus 600 for Deshaun Watson. It's below the Jets and the Dolphins. BetMGM, and if you watch Colorado TV enough, you've probably seen the ad. It's probably in Illinois where you see Jamie Foxx walking across the Bellagio Fountain as the king of sports books. But BetMGM has odds on Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Broncos are at plus 800. No, thank you. Yeah, stop it. I'd rather take my chances in the draft at that point. I mean, there's there's guys in the draft that that would be a a better option, I believe. Yeah, you know. A better option? You see what I did there? I didn't. I didn't notice it, but I'm glad you did. No pun intended, literally. So, yeah, I this quarterback situation is going to be the thing that just continues to to be the problem for the Broncos until they get it fixed. And that's I, it's so cliche to say because it's what every team goes through. And, I, you know, I, I just keep going back to this idea that as the Broncos get further and further away from 2015 and that Super Bowl run, and they get further and further away from having a true NFL caliber starting quarterback, they continue to fall into that irrelevancy realm of the you know Browns and Bills of so many decades of, of just not being important, not mattering, not, not, not being a, a destination that you want to go to. And the only thing that Denver has going for them at a certain point 
is that it's in Colorado and Colorado is a nice place to live. And if that's your only draw and you can't win any football games, it's going to be really difficult to convince free agents to come in there. And then you're doing nothing but building through the draft and it's, it gets difficult. So I'm, I'm hopeful that the quarterback situation gets figured out. And I know that there are some fans out there that want drew Locke to be the guy we did. I still, I still kind of do. do. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if, if that's who you end up with, you better hope he is. You better hope that if the Broncos don't make any moves and drew Locke is the starting quarterback, he, he better be the guy. Like he better be the guy or else that's just one more foot in the grave. And this franchise, I don't think, can survive that. At the same point, that doesn't mean you can't look for something better. And there is absolutely no debate that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Drew Locke. What will be interesting, and it is abundantly clear that Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. I'm fascinated to see how much of an impact Kareem Jackson can have on this because he's apparently been talking to his former teammate down in Houston. I'm sure Von Miller could have a say in this because Von Miller played at Texas A&M, which is really, I mean, I don't know my Texas geography very well, but I think College Station is relatively close to Houston. Yeah, you could be right. It's in Texas, which is the size of a large country. I think Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Watson have met at some point and played. I I would think that Deshaun Watson would want to play with that. And in terms of why Deshaun Watson would want to come to Colorado and want to come to the Broncos, we touched on it at the top of the show. How Vic Fangio may have set the blueprint to shut down Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, and that offense. And how George Payton... And Vic Fangio, Joe Ellis, who apparently met up with uh, his uh, Deshaun Watson's former coach at Clemson. I think it was just a, an off-chance meeting. Uh, is, is anything off-chance? I don't know. I, 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 really I think, think I'm Joe Ellis was smart enough to fi- Joe Ellis isn't smart enough to figure that out. Joe Ellis is still just enamored by the fact that Pat Bolin offered to buy him a suit once. Like, come on. But I think that's, that's the selling point right? Where he can say, we're a quarterback away. And I, I've said this before to you on this podcast. I, I, I've said it to, to my wife. I've said it to anyone who will listen that he's a competitor. And the, and the old line of Ric Flair, to be the best, you got to beat the best. You don't think Deshaun Watson would be motivated to prove that he's better than Patrick Mahomes when he gets the chance to face him two times a year? I'm just saying, I don't think he would be scared off from it. No, I agree. In, in fact, I think that he would probably find that challenge to be one that that he would like to take on. I mean, quite frankly, he's been he's been playing with one hand tied behind his back for most of his career. Uh, when Bill O'Brien is your head coach and and de facto GM for most of your career, you, you know, could you say that one arm tied behind his back and blindfolded? You could. You could. You have to see out of just the butt chin. That's all you can look out of is just the butt chin. But it, it, it does sort of sort of beg the question, is he willing to come and take on that challenge? He seems like the type of competitor that wouldn't shy away from it. Would it be easier to go somewhere else and, and be successful somewhere else? Absolutely it would. There are a, a lot of places that he could land and find an easier route to the playoffs and potentially on to the Super Bowl the Broncos would be a place that has the talent level to do it. 
but the path is is more difficult when you like you said when you talk about the Patrick Mahomes and the Justin Herberts and, and that. I, I guess it'll all sort of play out the way it plays out, and we're just kind of all along for the ride. It it also is going to depend depend on whether or not Houston is willing to make a trade with anybody. The the Texans have come out and said we're not trading him. We don't care what he wants. We won't trade him. And so now it's in his it's in his court. Is he willing to sit out a year to make that happen? To force a trade? Is he willing to say I'm not coming? I won't be there. I'll retire. I'll Andrew Luck this. I'll walk away because I don't think he can. I don't think he will. I don't think he has the. Uh, the ability to walk away from it. He needs to continue to play. So I don't think he has that particular – having a no-trade clause is great. Being able to kind of pick where you're going, fantastic. But forcing the team to trade you, if they choose they don't want to, then they won't. And that, it'll be it'll be on the Texans to to make that move. I don't know if they will. It's, it's, a, it's a question that's – it's out there. The question is out there. We'll see what happens with that. I just remember Clemson's head coach – at his name, it was escaping me, and it just came back to me. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, yeah, a little Dabo Sweeney there. All right, should we uh, should we take a quick break? Come back and talk about Peyton Manning getting into the Hall of Fame. Don't forget John Lynch. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adam, the best news of the weekend came when uh, Peyton Manning got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And with him, John Lynch. And obviously there was no doubt that Peyton Manning was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There were, I was one of them in Broncos country joking that I wonder if the Hall of Fame selection committee is going to hold playing for the Broncos against Peyton Manning. Well, they didn't. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I still can't believe it's been five years since he retired. It also still feels surreal that he played for the Broncos for four years. But I will say, and Andrew Mason pointed this out on Twitter with John Lynch, because there is a lot of people in Broncos country, two on this podcast, who don't really view John Lynch as a Bronco. But Mace had a very interesting point where he said, if not for John Lynch's four years in Denver, he may not get into the Hall of Fame because it showed how versatile he is as a player and because he didn't drop off. He did go to the Pro Bowl all four years that he was in Denver. I just thought that was a very interesting point. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog on John Lynch. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's a great guy. I mean, I, I have no problems with John Lynch. I've I've had problems with or issues with this idea of him being in the Ring of Fame, uh, and and guys like Demarcus Ware, for example, not qualifying, and other players like a Steve Foley uh, not being in the Ring of Fame, who is the career interceptions leader for the entire franchise, but 
not not in the Ring of Fame, but there's John Lynch up there in the Ring of Fame, and, and I he's a Hall of Famer now, and he was he was a very good player for the Denver Broncos, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he wasn't. I, I you know it's fine. I just see him as I don't see him as a Bronco in the same way as I see Peyton Manning as a Bronco, and the argument could be made. And this sort of is is the point that I would make here. You couldn't make this argument with John Lynch, but you could with Peyton Manning. Manning could qualify for the Hall of Fame based on his career in Denver, just on what he did with the Denver Broncos. John Lynch couldn't do that. I'm not going to knock John Lynch for that. He's a safety, right? You don't have the same impact on the field. But really, that's, I think, what makes Peyton Manning so great is that his second act after the next surgery coming to the Denver Broncos reshaped the NFL. He had he, he broke all the record books, right? They they went to two Super Bowls. He he rides off into the sunset with carrying a trophy. I mean, all of those things that uh you want to do to end your career, he did them. And he did them in Denver and he did them in a way that is, it just sort of changed the way people look at the game. And Peyton Manning is one of those he's one of those guys, right? When you talk about great football players, He's he's on the list, and I know people want to make their Mount Rushmores. I don't think you can do that really because that's not enough people. But he's on that list of guys. When you say their name, people are like, "Yeah, absolutely, one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest of all time." Tom Brady's on that list. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. John Elway is on that list. Joe Montana is on that list. Jerry Rice is on that list. You talk about Jim Brown and Walter Payton. There are guys that you mention, and when you mention their name, everybody goes, "Yep," without question. Yep. And he's, he's absolutely one of those guys. Now, when I say everybody, obviously there's always going to be like that one guy that like a buddy of mine out here hates Peyton Manning, hates him, loves, loves Peyton Manning. The person hates Peyton Manning, the football player, because he's a bears fan and the Colts beat the bears in the super bowl. So, you know, I kind of get that there's, so there's always going to be that, but even he goes, yeah, no, he's pretty, pretty incredible football player. Yeah. He's one of the, he's one of those. Yep. Mm -hmm, Yep. That guy. Yep. And I only mentioned I only mentioned offensive players. I feel terrible for not mentioning any defensive players like your Lawrence Taylors of the world. Yep. Von Miller. Yep. I mean, there are guys there that you can do that with. Steve Atwater, for me. Yep. The thing that uh, you mentioned the Broncos ring of fame, and there is apparently a time threshold of four years. To me, that needs to go by the wayside. It needs to be impact on the franchise there cannot be a time stamp on the impact that you have on the broncos the broncos don't win super bowl 50 if demarcus ware is not on the field without question there is no way simple fact it does not happen because look at the impact he had on von miller the broncos do not win super bowl 50 without demarcus ware on the field in that organization that is ring of fame worthy. But because there's this absurd time limit on how long you need to be playing for the Broncos instead of impact on the franchise, DeMarcus Ware probably does never, does not ever get inducted into the Broncos ring of fame. I think that is a shame and a sham. He only played for the Broncos for three years, but his impact on the Broncos was greater than John Lynch's ever was. That's where that's where the the frustration comes in, right? That that right there, what you just said, and and I think that the Broncos could do something about that, right? The Denver Broncos as an organization could stand up and say, you know what, 
there is a four-year threshold. You have to hit that number. But in special cases for certain players who come in and change the face of the franchise, and, and you just said it, DeMarcus Ware changed the face of this franchise because of the way that he mentored Von Miller, the way that he brought that defense together, the leadership that he brought to that locker room. He is a pivotal player in Broncos history. Fans know it. The organization knows it. And so that's what makes you go, four years is too much. I, I don't think it is. I think four years is the right number. But then there has to be that special stipulation. Guys that come in and have an impact and make a difference in three years, like a DeMarcus Ware, and then and then are gone. Because even to this day, I know people in Dallas would say, no, he's a cowboy, whatever. You can make that argument. That's fine. That's great. He won his only Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. He was a, a, a huge part of that Denver Broncos franchise while he was in Denver. The Broncos should honor that. The Broncos should should recognize that and, and just say, this guy goes up in the ring of fame. I also think, and this, this is one that I think they should just do a blanket one for, there should be a spot on the ring of fame for the no-fly zone. And the 2015 no-fly zone, should every single one of those guys should have their names underneath it. Key to Lee, Chris Harris, uh, Boss Ward, Darian Stewart, those four guys in particular. You could put Bradley Roby up there, I guess. He did scoop and score against the Chiefs, which is the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. So you could you could throw him up there for fun, like maybe even smaller, little asterisks or whatever. Put those guys up there as well. Honor the great moments in the history of the franchise, not just the players. That, to me, would, would be another thing that they could do. We sort of got sidetracked here. We were talking about the Hall of Fame, but still – I think that would be something that they could do. I would love that. And and some of those guys might actually make the ring of fame. I think Chris Harris Jr. on his own is a ring of fame guy. Uh, I, I'm not sure Aqib Talib is, but maybe just his chain-snatching moments. They could put that up there in the ring of fame. Uh, his his shooting himself in the leg thing, that would be good. Uh, Boss Ward, you know, put him up there. Uh, you know, T.J. Ward gets to go up there, like just one of his big hits. I don't know. You, you can find something. You can figure it out. In terms of the next Broncos to get into the Hall of Fame, we're both hopeful that Randy Radishar finally gets his moment. I mean, 2022 needs to be the year because the fact that it's taken this long is ridiculous. We're, we've gone over his resume to get into the Hall of Fame. We're not going to do it again. Um, I think Mike Shanahan is now even more deserving since Tom Flores got in. And I think it's clear he's going to be into the Broncos' ring of fame. Peyton Manning will obviously get inducted into the Broncos' ring of fame. So I, I think for the the next couple of years, I think those are the Broncos to look at. And for all the talk about how prior to 2017, there was talk about how the Hall of Fame didn't like the Broncos. Since then, they've had a lot of Hall of Famers. Yeah, Champ Bailey. Terrell Davis. Champ Bailey, Pat Bowen, Peyton Manning, John Lynch. It, so it, it, it's starting to get righted, in a sense, until a member of the Orange Crush is inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's still not going to be complete, and it's still not going to be right. Can I give you another name? Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves Absolutely. should be Dan Reeves should be in the Hall of Fame. Dan Reeves won a lot of games as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and I I can already hear people say, "Oh yeah, John Elway, yeah he did, yeah he did." Marv Levy had Jim Kelly, and and 
uh, you know, Andre Reed and James Lofton and Thurman, Thurman Thomas, Thomas and Cornelius Bennett and, and, uh, what is it? Bruce, uh, what's his name? Bruce Smith. <laughs> Bruce Smith. Thank you. I was going to say Bruce Willis. I'm like, don't you say Bruce Willis. This isn't Die Hard. <laughs> but seriously, Dan Reeves deserves his, his due. But you're right. The Hall of Fame is an incomplete place without a member of the Orange Crush. And why not? Why not Randy Gratishar? You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.